Is the Bible easy to understand? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hero of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life and ministry. I'm Brian DeBozik, Managing Editor of the Gospel Project, and with me is Aaron Armstrong, our brand manager. So is the Bible easy to understand? Uh, The doctrine that we have in the 99 Essential Doctrines is called the Clarity of Scripture. So Aaron, why don't you start us, as always, by going ahead and just reading through that doctrine for us. Sure. All right. So here is our explanation of the clarity of Scripture. And hopefully you all listening will find this very clear and helpful as it stands. It would be ironic if our explanation of the clarity of Scripture was not clear. That could happen. All right. Because God gave his word as authoritative in all matters related to life and faith, we believe his word was written in a way that can be understood with the help of the Holy Spirit. Believing the scriptures are clear does not mean that every part is equally easy to interpret. Neither does it mean that we will never make mistakes in our interpretation. It does mean that with God's help, people are capable of understanding the biblical text for themselves as they employ correct methods of interpretation. So there's a lot there, but really what it is saying is in answer to our question, is the Bible easy to understand? For the most part, yes, with some caveats. Exactly. Important caveats. But I, I think the bigger point here and, and where we need to sit first is that this doctrine expresses the starting point should be when we pick up the Bible, it should be, I'm going to understand what I read. Right. In general. Yes. Not, I, I hope I find something I understand. Right. And in my experience in church ministry, uh, I, I find a lot of people will pick up the Bible from that that latter posture of thinking, I can't understand this. Um, I need my pastor to explain this to me. Um, without his help, I, I can't do it on my own. And that goes against this doctrine. This doctrine says, no, no, no. You, you, ultimately, you don't need your pastor. He's a gift to you. Mm-hmm. Um, he's there to serve you. God has a purpose in his ministry to you. But ultimately, the the deserted island thing, if, if you were plopped down on a deserted island just with the Bible, you could read it and grow in your faith on your own with the Holy Spirit's help. That's what this doctrine is about. So it's an yeah. encouraging doctrine, right? It's, it's one that should be edifying for us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, one of those key things that uh, we'll get back to in a little bit is, is that caveat of with the Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. help. Um, but even then, there are pieces of the, – there are certainly key – there's tons of the scriptures, in in all honesty, that can be uh, that can be read and understood clearly for what it says by an unregenerate person, yeah. someone who does not believe, has not been born again, has not been transformed by Christ. Um, the scriptures are understandable, period. As long as we, as long as yes, we correct, we use correct methods of interpretation. Yeah. yeah so even. Uh, yeah. Jonah, the book yes. of Jonah. Let's use that as an example. Yeah. Let's just go. So an unbeliever, an unregenerate person could pick up the book of Jonah, read through it, and understand it. It's not like that person at the end would say, I have no idea what just happened. Yeah. Uh, the, the plot was lost on me. Uh, the words fell you know, silent on me. No, an unbeliever would understand the, the plot, the movement of the book of Jonah, and perhaps even understand some of the themes undergirding it. Yeah. But the difference would be it would not be transforming of that person. Right. And 
you know, whereas conversely, if we dropped an unbeliever into Daniel 7, uh, 7 through 12, really, um, that person would have no idea what's going on. And in all, and to be now to be fair, a lot of believers have no idea what's going on, <laughs> which is why we say <laughs> most of the scriptures are easy to understand. Yes, not all of them. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, but but when we think about this doctrine, this is one of those things that we have to understand is that this was a key aspect of the Protestant Reformation yes. itself. That um, Martin Luther and the other reformers all believed that um, that. All of God's people could be capable of understanding the scriptures. Even the riffraff? Everybody. Even the riffraff. Everybody. Even even the so-called riffraff. Even Brian DeBozik can understand the Bible, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, they would – but – the Catholic Church at the time would scoff at this, um, this idea. Oh, scoff of, is not strong enough of a word. Well, of course not. But I'm. <laughs> this you know, is heretical from that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I'm just being. You're being polite kind today. Yeah. Um, Why the change? You know, you know. I thought I'd try something new. Anyway, um, but this idea that the Bible would be translated into the so-called vulgar languages of the people, rather than um, being. Um, held back from everybody in by keeping it only available in Latin mm-hmm. um, was a shocking idea. Um, so for for Luther to be translating the Bible into German um, and for other um, for it to start appearing in other languages, um, including French, and yeah. um, eventually making its way mm-hmm. to English, and now being in in dozens or hundreds of languages at this point um, is incredible um, and would make no sense. Well, and really, you know, historians would say it, it was a power play. It, mm-hmm. it was it was the church's way at that time of, of holding on to the power. If you had the masses believing they were unable to read, and they weren't able to because the Bible was not in their language, they could not read it for themselves, then they had to get their information about God from you, the the church, the priesthood at that time. And so that's where the power was held. And so to let go of that power was part of the pushback. Um, But we believe, of course, uh, that, no, the Word of God was given to us so that all could hold it in in their hands, read it, understand it, trust in Christ, and of course be forgiven. So this doctrine is really important, mm-hmm. um, and we see it expressed in in different places in Scripture. Um, let me just start a, a sure. list. One that we see is Deuteronomy six, one of the favorite passages of mine, uh, the Shema, where we see that God commands parents in Israel. Uh, to teach the law that had been given to that point, the Old Testament to that point, so just the really early part, of course, Mm -hmm. but to teach that to their children. Now, that presupposes something important. It presupposes that the children would be able to understand it. Mm -hmm. And so this gives us great confidence that God, I mean, he would not instruct parents to do something that was impossible. He's telling them, no, no, this is possible. Even children can understand the Bible and, and and see what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. And another another significant passage is uh, in Matthew thirteen, the parable of the of the sower and its subsequent explanation. So let's just uh, let's just go through that 
together, starting in verse 3. Uh, Consider the sower who went out to sow. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil, and grew up, and it grew up quickly since so- the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it. Uh, still other seed fell on good ground and produced fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty times what was sown. Let anyone who has ears listen. Um, and so later, Jesus' disciples ask him, so what do you mean by that? And he says, Listen to the parable. When anyone hears the, the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one, this is the one sown along the path. And the, and the one sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But... He has no root and is short-lived. When distress and persecution comes because of the word, immediately he falls away. Now the one sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but worries of this age and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But the the one sown on the good ground, this this is the one who hears and understands the word, who does... um, who does produce fruit and yields some a hundred, some 60, some 30 times what was sown. Um, and so that is just this, this powerful image and really, really clear that, that Jesus is saying that the word is going to do different things in different people. For some, it's going for, for some many, even it's not going to bear fruit. It's either going to be snatched up right away or uh, or it is going to have a glimmer of life and then quickly and then quickly die off. Um, but there's always going to be some for whom that the word that, um, you know, in this case, he's, he's talking about the word about the kingdom. So the gospel itself, um, that it is going to transform people. It's going to change them. Um, and so that's so. That's really helpful. Yeah, and, and, and what's beautiful there is is the explanation that Jesus gives. So mm-hmm. here you have the disciples who said, man, I, okay, that kind of – we missed that. Um, and, and it's understandable in some of the parables uh, when you first read them and you're like, okay, what's this about a mustard seed and, and a tree? What, what does this have to do with anything um, or whatever the case may be? So some – some people, the way you're wired especially, may have a little bit harder time understanding the parables uh, the disciples did apparently. And so what's encouraging is that Jesus gives the explanation. And giving the explanation, it's one where you look and say, okay, that, that wasn't that hard. Uh, I, I get it. Yeah. And so it's, it's almost – God's way of saying, you guys can do this. That Revelation 1 is something similar with the, the imagery. Um, you have this really odd uh, presentation of Jesus with imagery from the Old Testament. And right after that, though, the, the image of the lampstand is explained mm-hmm. in, in chapter 1, verse 20. And it's similar. I think that's God's way of saying, All right, you're about to embark on what is probably one of the more difficult books to understand. Again, it, it's one of the harder ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's up there. Parts of Ezekiel are up there. 
Mm-hmm. And so you, you look at this and as you're reading and you get to chapter one and immediately you're like, okay, I, I, should I be reading this? Because man, I don't even understand what this picture of Jesus means. And I think that's God's way of saying, no, you can do this. Here, let me, let me help you a little bit. Coaching us along, if you will. And that alone to me shows God's heart. His intention is for us to understand. It's not to confuse us. God is not delighted when we try to read through Revelation or Ezekiel or pick your book, parables, whatever it is. And and we push away saying, I'm totally lost. God does not delight in that. No. He wants us to know him, and knowing him comes through knowing his word. So, again, most of the Bible is easily understandable. I think if you take a minute now and kind of think through it, that's true. Um, we tend to focus on the smaller amounts that are harder to understand and paint with too broad of a brush with them. Right. Now, most of it's understandable, but not all is. I, I love in Second Peter chapter 3, Peter says this about Paul's writing. Speaking of Paul, he says, now he, meaning Paul, speaks about these things in all of his letters, and here it is. There are some matters that are hard to understand. <laughs> the untaught and unstable will twist them to their own destruction as they also do with the rest of scriptures. Now, from one position, this is a really important verse because it affirms that Peter understood Paul was writing scripture. Yes. But I love that where Peter acknowledges what we all feel at times. Oh, yeah. He's like, I don't some get Some of Paul's Paul. writing is, is challenging, in part because Paul, he, he hated on the period for some reason. He just loved long run-on sentences. I'm like, Paul, don't be afraid to use a period here and there. Uh, so, well, here's the thing. Was he a, was, well, did he hate on the period, or was he just so exuberant that he couldn't that he forgot about it? And then we have the other thing, punctuation in Greek. But that's a different yeah, story yeah, for a different yeah, time. Yeah, that's a different yeah, podcast. Yeah. Yes. A, an actual different podcast, yes. not this one at all. Yeah, so, so. yeah but that, what your point, yeah, he just, he, he just started that free writing kind of thing, I yeah. guess, would go, and he just didn't know where to stop. So, yeah, there are times you're looking and you're reading some of Paul's writings, and you're like, all right, let me try to break this sentence down. And, you know, two pages later, you come to the end of the sentence. Yeah. And, uh, and it can be, can be difficult at times. So yep. Peter gives us great encouragement and reminds us he's real here. Yep. Hey, even I struggle sometimes with, with Paul's writings. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the other things, this just bears repeating from uh, our previous discussion, um, it, it, really, it really does come down to um, – don't miss the forest for the trees. And so so what I mean by that, I know it's horrible cliche. <laughs> I hate using cliches and I apologize everybody. I on avoid Earth. cliches like the plague. Ugh. You don't avoid dad jokes though. No. So, so anyway, um when we when we come when we come to this, we can get our, all of our time spent um, just focusing in on those really hard to understand details. Yeah. Yes, they are understand. Peter said so himself. Um, we've talked about a few of them, but sometimes we can get so focused on what you know. What does this image in Revelation mean? What are these yeah. many-eyed, many-wheeled, many-winged things in Ezekiel? Um, you know, all this kind of stuff. We can look at that, and what happens is is that we miss the larger point. Yeah. Even in those confusing areas, the larger point is actually clear. If, Revelation, if we're Jesus looking, is returning. He wins. He's coming back. Right. You're making the, all things new. That's the bigger idea. That's How kind that of happens, a big deal. 
All right. There's some there's some, some confusion. There's some there's some room for yeah. disagreement and for confusion. You know, I think this is a good caution. And in light of this, I think we need to acknowledge, even though Scripture, by and large, is easy to understand, we can still make mistakes. Which is why we mentioned before that a big part of this is our need to rely on the Holy Spirit. Yes. That that with the Holy Spirit's guidance, he guides us to truth. Um, and so as we sit down the study, we should be filled with the Holy Spirit. We should be uh, praying to God that he and, and opens our eyes and, and our minds and our hearts to see what is true, uh, to parse what is true from, from a mistake we might make, and that he will lead us in that process. And, and he will do that. That's one of his ministries to us. So this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us in studying God's word is essential. And this is, again, what goes back to what we talked about earlier. The unbeliever can read this truth. I remember taking a Bible as literature college, class in mm-hmm. college. The professor was an unbeliever. She knew scripture well. She could pick up themes. She could talk about theology that was presented in it. Yeah. But it was all from that perspective of an unbeliever. It was abstract. Um, and so it did not connect with her and change her the way the gospel does a believer, of course. It's what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians, the wisdom of the world and the foolishness of God and the wisdom of God and the foolishness of the world. So we have to understand that the Holy Spirit will guide us and direct us to understand not just on the surface level, but also the the more important level of, of how is the gospel real here and how's it changing me? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so as we, um, as we, as we think about that, we come to this question of really what how how should our lives be different? What difference does this doctrine really make at the end of the day? Um, and there's and there's a few different different things. One is is really that it should give us confidence that yes, we can understand the Word of God, mm-hmm. and if we have the Holy Spirit, we there's nothing that prevents us from being able to 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 get the basic message of Scripture. Um, it should also encourage us to um, to really seek to learn how to interpret Scripture well, and so um, to learn proper rules of of hermeneutics, which mm-hmm. is a is a great big fancy word that really just means interpretation. Yeah, how to study the rightly. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing we we can't make the mistake of saying, okay, well the Bible is easy to understand, so I just pick it up. The Holy Spirit's there. I'm just going to pick it up and read it, and and I'll know it. Uh, there are some that contend that. There are some who would push back against formal education, for example. Right. And really, they do that in ignorance. Um, you know, the reason why we have formal education, the reason why uh, that we have resources, tools, and resources to help us study God's Word is because it it, it is work. Yeah. Um, to do it rightly, to do it well, requires work. Now, it's... To me, I'm wired such that it's delightful work. Yes. I love doing it. I love rolling up the sleeves and, and diving in and, and pulling the, you know, bringing tools to bear and understanding it more deeply. So it requires us to, to study, to be diligent students. Mm-hmm. Um, this, is, this is what we're about in discipleship, right? That we've been called to come alongside other believers and help them understand how to do this so that they can see the truth of God in the scriptures. That truth can change them and they can live it out. That's, yeah. that's discipleship. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so when, we, when you think about um, learning how to study 
the Bible well. One of those things um, that is helpful is to recognize, one, that there are different uh, literary genres um, within Scripture. Um, and so you don't you – don't, so learning to interpret means you interpret by the rules of, yeah. w- of what type of, of text you are reading. So you interpret history as history, you interpret poetry as poetry, um, prophecy as prophecy, and so on and and so forth. Um, And so you want to learn how to do that well. But another piece that comes with that is um, recognizing that the Bible itself is one big story. Um, That helps make so much of Scripture makes so much more sense um, because you can – um, you can learn the the basic interpretive tools, um, but if you um, but you can still end up in the same spot where you're not quite sure why this passage is there or how this really makes sense, um, unless you see that everything is building to the God to Jesus, yeah, um, and to what Jesus is ultimately doing, which is making all things new. And that is a huge, huge, huge thing. Um, there are people that I know that you and I have both talked to who, when they got that, it literally changed everything in how they thought about their faith, about the Bible, about how they sought to disciple people. And it's been amazing um, to see. And that's that's one of the reasons why I know both you and I really love working on the Gospel Project yeah. Um, week in and week out is because that's really what we try to do is is we try to help people see that the Bible is one big story. Um, But that's not not the only difference that this doctrine should make. What's one more? Well, I think this also should help us understand and appreciate really good Bible teachers. Now, I've got to be careful. There There are Bible teachers. There are. Some are good. And then there are other Bible teachers. So we have to be careful there, but man, when you when you come and and you see you experience the teaching of a of a gifted Bible teacher who is is gospel centered, to understand the work that goes underneath, uh, to, to understand how much that person has invested in teaching God's word and doing it faithfully, man, to me it just it helps me appreciate that much more. And so I think you know for us to be a people of encouragement. Uh, when we experience, whether it's a, a pastor in your local church, uh, whether it's a, it's a gifted teacher that maybe you listen to podcasts or whatever at a conference, I think, man, it's always always a good thing just to, to give that encouragement to that person and let them know you're learning from their teaching, you appreciate their teaching, and you're grateful for it. Encourage them um, and, and recognize that gift that they are given to you, part of the church in their ministry. Again, as we talked about, is that essential? No, we, we can read God's Word on our own. We can grow on our own. But man, what a great gift that God has given to us and teachers to help help us along on that journey. Mm-hmm. And, and my hope would be that those teachers drive us not to rely on them, but they drive us into God's Word. So we spend more time in it on our own to experience the same things. Mm-hmm. So, hey, let's let's wrap it up there. I, yeah. I think that was a good conversation. Uh, so thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com. Mm-hmm.